chapter eighteen of a popular history of the art of music from the earliest times until the present by w s b matthews this librivox recording is in the public domain first century of italian opera and dramatic song during the last decade of the sixteenth century a company of florentine gentlemen were in the habit of meeting at the house of count bardi for the study of ancient literature their attention had concentrated itself upon the drama of the greeks and the one thing which they sought to discover was the music of ancient tragedy the stately and measured intonation to which the great periods of aeschylus euripides and sophocles had been uttered the alleged fragments of pindar's music since discovered by anastasius kircher page sixty nine were not yet known and they had nothing whatever to guide their researches beyond the mathematical computations of ptolemy and the other greek writers at length one evening the censo galilei father of the astronomer galileo presented himself with a monody taking a scene from dante's purgatorio the episode of ugolini he sang or chanted it to music of his own production with the accompaniment of the viola played by himself the assembly was in raptures surely they said this must have been the style of the music of the famous drama of athens thereupon others set themselves to composing monodies which as yet were not arias but something between a recitative and an aria having measure and a certain regularity of tune but in general the freedom of the chant among the number of count bardi's was the poet rinuccini who prepared a drama called daphne the music of this was composed in part by an amateur named caccini and in part by jacopo peri all being members of this studious circle meeting at the house of count bardi daphne was performed in fifteen ninety seven at the house of count corsi with great success but the music has been lost and nothing more definite is known about it this beginning of opera for so it was was also the beginning of opera in germany as we shall presently see for about twenty years later a copy of daphne was carried to dresden for production there before the court but when the libretto had been translated into german it was found unsuited to the music of the italian copy whereupon the dresden director heinrich schutz wrote new music for it and thus became the composer of the first german opera ever written in sixteen hundred the marriage of catherine de medici with henry the fourth of france was celebrated at florence with great pomp and peri was commissioned to undertake a new opera for which rinuccini composed the text eurydice the work was given with great eclat and was shortly after printed only one copy of the first edition is now known to be in existence and that by a curious accident is in the newberry library at chicago the british museum has made a copy of the second edition of sixteen o eight the opera of eurydice is short the printed copy containing only fifty-eight pages and the music is almost entirely recitative there are two or three short choruses there is one orchestral interlude for three flutes extending to about twenty measures in all but there is nothing like a finale or ensemble piece 
nevertheless this is the beginning out of which afterward grew the entire flower of italian opera on page two hundred twenty five is an extract flute trio and scene from the first opera euridice sixteen hundred jacopo Ferri. listen the new style thus invented was known to the italians as il stilo rappresentivo or the representative style that is to say the dramatic style and there is some dispute as to the real author of the invention about the same time with the production of euridice a florentine musician emilio del cavaliere wrote the music to a sacred drama of which the text had been composed for him by laura guidicioni the title being la rappresentazione dell'anima e del corpo the piece was an allegorical one very elaborate in its structure and written throughout in the representative style of which cavaliere claimed to be the inventor this oratorio which was the first ever written was produced at the oratory of st maria in valicella in the month of february ten months before the appearance of euridice at florence it is evident therefore that if the style had been in any manner derived from the florentine experiments already noted it must have been from the earlier opera daphne and not from euridice the principal characters were il tempo time la vita life il mondo the world etc the orchestra consisted of one lira doppia one clavicembalo one chitarrone and two flutes no part is written for violin at one part of the performance there was a ballet the whole was performed in church as already noticed as a part of religious service seven years later we enter upon the second period of the opera when on the occasion of the marriage of francesco gongeazza with margherita infanta of savoy rinuccini prepared the libretti for two operas entitled daphne and ariana the second of which was set to music by claudio monteverde the ducal musical director a man of extraordinary genius the first of these operas has long since been forgotten but monteverdi made a prodigious effect with his the scene where ariadne bewails the departure of her faithless lover affected the audience to tears monteverde was immediately commissioned to write another opera for which he took the subject of orfeo and being himself an accomplished violinist he made an important addition to the orchestral appointments previously attempted in opera the instruments he used were the following two gravi cembani two contrabassi de viola ten viole da brazzo one arpa doppio 
two violini piccolo alla francese two chitaroni two organi de legno two bassa da gamba four tromboni one regale two cornetti one flautino alla vigesima segunda one clarino con three trombi sordine a very decided attempt is made in this work at orchestra coloring each character being furnished with a combination of instruments appropriate to his place in the drama these works were not given in public but only in palaces for the great and it was not for more than twenty years that a public opera house was erected in venice in sixteen twenty four monteverde at the insistence of girolamo mocenigo composed an intermezzo il combattimento di tancredi e clorinda in which he introduced for the first time two important orchestral effects the pizzicati plucking the strings with the fingers and the tremolo these occur in the scene where clorinda disguised as a knight fights a duel with her lover tancredi who not knowing his opponent gives her a fatal wound the strokes of the sword are accompanied by the pizzicati of the violins and the suspense when clorinda falls is characterized by the tremolo two devices universal in melodrama to the present day monteverde had already for some time been a resident in venice as director of the music at st mark's where his salary had originally been established at three hundred ducats per annum and a house in the canon's close in sixteen sixteen his salary was raised to five hundred ducats and he gave himself up entirely to the service of the republic the first opera house was erected in sixteen thirty seven and was followed within a few years by two other opera houses in venice in these places monteverdi's subsequent works were produced the greater number of his manuscripts are hopelessly lost we possess only eight books of madrigals a volume of canzonetes the complete edition of orpheus and a quantity of church music the new path opened by this great composer was followed assiduously by a multitude of italian musicians among these the more distinguished names are those of cavalli who wrote thirty-four operas for venice alone legrenzi and cesti the latter wrote six operas some of which were very successful by sixteen ninety nine there were eleven theaters in venice at which operas were habitually given at rome there were three in bologna one and in naples one it would take us too far to discuss in detail the successive steps in the history during this century since in the nature of the case an individual work like an opera can with difficulty rise above the popular musical phraseology of the day the object being immediate success with a public largely uncultivated hence popular operas for the most part are short-lived rarely retaining their popularity more than thirty years the greatest genius in opera in this century after monteverdi was alessandro scarlatti of naples the principal of the conservatory there and we may say the inventor of the italian art of singing bel canto 
for as there had been no monody so there had been no solo singing and as the operas of the first three quarters of this century in spite of the improvements of monteverde consisted mostly of recitative there was still no singing in the modern acceptation of the term scarlatti introduced new forms to the recitativo secco or unaccompanied recitative which until now had been the principal dependence for the movement of the drama he added the recitativo strumentato or accompanied recitative in which the instruments afforded a dramatic coloring for the text of the singer to these again he added a third element the aria the first he employed for the ordinary business of the stage the second for the expression of deep pathos the third for strongly individualized soliloquy these three types of vocal delivery remain valid and are still used by composers in the same way as by scarlatti his first opera was produced in rome at the palace of christina ex-queen of sweden in sixteen eighty this was followed by one hundred eight others the most of which were produced in naples the most celebrated of these were pompeii naples sixteen eighty four la theodora rome sixteen ninety three il triomfo de la liberta venice seventeen o seven and most celebrated of all la principessa fidele in addition to this he wrote a large number of cantatas more or less dramatic in character scarlatti not only created the aria calling for sustained and impassioned singing but also invented or discovered methods of training singers to perform these numbers successfully he was the founder of the italian school of singing and the external model upon which it was based undoubtedly was furnished by the violin which having been perfected by the amati as already noted in the previous chapter and its solo capacities having been brought out by arcangelo corelli whose first violin sonatas were published a few years before scarlatti's first opera had now established a standard of melodic phrasing and impassioned delivery superior to anything which had previously been known it was a pupil of scarlatti niccolo porpora sixteen eighty six to seventeen sixty six who carried forward the work begun by his master porpora was even a greater teacher of singing than scarlatti himself and his pupils became the leading singers in europe during the first quarter of the eighteenth century the progress of vocal cultivation was remarkably helped by the fact that at this time women were not permitted to appear upon the stage all the female parts being taken by male sopranos castrati these artificial sopranos having no other career before them than that of operatic singing devoted themselves vigorously to the technique of their art and were efficient agents in awakening a taste for florid singing impossible for ordinary or untrained voices women did not appear upon the stage in opera until toward the middle of this century Handel in London had male sopranos such as Farinelli, Senesimo, and the earlier of the female sopranos, of whom the vicious Cuzzoni was a shining example. The artistic merits of Porpora have been greatly exaggerated by certain writers, notably by Madame Georges Sand in her Consuelo, where he figures as one of the greatest and most devoted of artists. 
her work however has the excellence of affording a very good representation of the artistic end proposed by the italian masters of singing in their best moments porpora spent the early part of his life in naples but afterward he resided for some time in dresden vienna rome and venice being principal of a conservatory in the latter place in the latter years of his life seventeen thirty six he was invited to london to compose operas in competition with handel in which calling he but poorly succeeded porpora represents the ideal which has ruled italian opera from his time to the present the ideal namely of the pleasing the well-sounding and the vocally agreeable he is responsible for the fanciful roulades the long arias and the many features of this part of dramatic music which please the unthinking but mark such a wide departure from the severe and noble if narrow ideal of the original inventors of this form of art it is to be regretted that the limits of the present work do not permit the introduction of selections of music sufficiently extended for illustrating the finer modifications of style effected by the successive masters named in the text the brief extracts following are taken from the excellent lectures of the late john hula upon transitional periods in musical history the same valuable and suggestive work contains a number of more extended selections from these and other little-known masters of the period for which reason the book forms a useful addition to the library of teachers schools etc other illustrations will be found in Javert's les gloires d'italie the glories of italy there are sixty arias in this collection all well edited and chosen for their effectiveness for public performance at the present day aria parlante lasciatemi morir from the opera ariadne sixteen o seven monteverde listen extract from song vagestelle from the opera erismena 1655 francesco cavalli listen
aria lasciami piangere from a cantata alessandro scarlatti listen End of chapter 18